0: I just didn't really know what to do because Pete was like moving things around and I didn't know if he was going to talk of it again and I just didn't know exactly what to do. So hello everyone. Good to see everybody again. We're uh, talking about dreams again. I hope that you had some good time in your small groups to talk about dreams and relationships and brothers and sisters. The story... Continues. It keeps going. And again, if you read chapters 12 through 50 of Genesis, you're going to see one family. You're going to see brothers and sisters. You're going to see conflict. You're going to see real life. And you are going to see dreams. You're going to see dreams over and over again. Because now we're getting to the part we had Isaac and Ishmael. That was Jacob's dad and his brother. There was a favorite. Isaac's sons, Jacob and Esau, there was a favorite. And now Jacob didn't have two sons, he had 12 sons. If you've seen Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, yep, that's what we're talking about, but we're not gonna sing that. Um, Why was Joseph the favorite? Sometimes the favorite's the oldest. Joseph, remember I said Jacob was in love with two sisters back in the day. That's just what happened. Okay, you're marrying two people, great. Um, I'm sure there'd be no problem with that. You know. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go there. I'm just not, okay? The kids are gone, but I'm not going to go there. Okay, there'd be some problems, right? The, the chapter 30 that I said I read over and over again, his favorite wife Rachel couldn't get pregnant the not favorite Leah she could get pregnant all the time and so there was this conflict and finally finally Rachel had Joseph and so Joseph was real pretty Joseph was real special, so special, that his dad gave him this really, really great coat. He was super, super smart. He was super, super gorgeous. And he had these dreams. And he had these dreams, and then he was stupid enough to tell his brothers about the dream. His brothers who were older than him, he said, hey, I had this dream where there were a bunch of cows and they were super skinny and they bowed down to the fat cow And I'm the fat cow and you're the skinny cow. I'm sure the brothers were fine. That's a great dream, Joseph. Um, What's amazing is, as stupid as Joseph was with saying that, he was exactly right. And you probably know the story. There is a method to the madness. In chapter 37, so this is quite a few chapters after my favorite chapter 30, Jacob... Who is now named Israel tells Joseph to go looking for his brothers. He say, go see what they're doing. They were out far in a land called Shechem. And I never caught this part before, and it's certainly not in Joseph's Amazing Technicolor Dream code. When he came to Shechem, it says, he, a man found him wandering in the fields, and the man asked him, What are you seeking? If you look at the first few verses in 37, I pledge to you, the man comes out of nowhere, never to be seen again. He comes out of nowhere and says, what are you seeking? Joseph says, I am seeking my brothers. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. The man said, they have gone away, for I heard him say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. Here's the thing about that piece of land in Shechem. The man who says, what are you seeking? It is the historically exact spot where Cain killed Abel. And it says in the very beginning of Genesis that the blood is coming out of the ground at that spot. And God asks the murderer at that time, where is your brother? Where is your brother? Now, 35 chapters later, in the exact same spot, a man comes out of nowhere and says, what are you seeking? A question I have for all of us tonight is, what are you seeking? Are you seeking after your brothers? Are you seeking after your sisters? I did chose that second to last song because less than 2 weeks ago I was driving to church and I heard that song. I've always loved that song, but I've been writing these talks for a while and I was like, "Oh my goodness, that song is saying what I'm trying to say. I will be my brother's keeper." I would for sure add and if we sing it again and I hope we do, that we add a line that says, "I will be my sister's keeper." I will, keep my brother's, I will be my brother's keeper. I will be my sister's keeper. That is all of our job, to be looking after one another. We will see through our dreams and through the scriptures that Christ has come. Christ has come so that we may have life and live it abundantly, John 10.10 10 tells us. And our charge for an abundant life is to take care of one another, to take care of our sisters and brothers. And I believe with all my heart that in our dreams, God will tell us who needs taking care of. I would imagine if I asked each one of you to close your eyes, you could tell me in a moment who God is telling you right now you need to take care of. It might be an actual flesh and blood brother. It might be a friend who has become a sister or a brother. But my guess is we all have someone in our life who desperately needs help. In your small groups, I'm going to ask that you pray for one another and that person that you're think of, thinking of. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Megan and my actual brothers and sisters, not that long. Um, my sister... Her name is Kari. She lives in Mendota Heights. She's a kindergarten teacher. She has she has taught kindergarten through the pandemic, and 2021 was a year of hell for her for a lot of reasons that I won't get into, but you can always pray for her. She's just the best. Um, My brother's name is Eric. And the short, short version of this is my brother is 54 years old and he's living with my parents. That should be enough to tell you that things aren't going super fantastic in his life. He needs as much prayer as he possibly can get, so I ask you to pray for him. Pray for him. Megan's brother is also Eric, with a K. Finnegan's, our son, his middle name is Eric, with a K. I like to say I named Finnegan after my brother. My nephew, my son's my, my brother's son, Carter, he's also Carter Eric. I like to say, I named my son after my brother. My brother named his son after himself. <clears throat> Megan's brother is also Eric. He is single and works and lives in downtown Minneapolis. And if any of you know what that means in 2021 and 2020, it has not always been easy. I tell you that because I think every single person, every one of us has a story. A lot of us have brothers and sisters, and a lot of us have brothers and sisters that are right here, right now. They're friends who have become brothers and sisters. We all need to be looking out for each other, taking care of each other at all times. And there can be no more division. There can be no more, well, they did this and so this. No, we are just called to hold on to each other and to love one another, full stop, period, end of sentence. I believe that God will speak to you in your dreams, period, and if you're wondering, I would imagine there are some of us who are like, I don't dream. This has not happened to me. I don't know what you're talking about. I get that. Um, you might be an incredible sleeper. Well, praise the Lord. That is good news for you. Um, but I'm telling you, dreams will keep happening because they keep happening in Scripture. This is Genesis, but it's just going to keep going Um For instance, the Christmas story, which is one of the stories I told when I spoke eight years ago at Summer Splash, is absolutely filled with dreams. Zachariah, Elizabeth, Mary, and Joseph, and the Magi are all visited in a dream. Just as you read your Bible, just see how much a dream comes up. It happens all the time. There's got to be something to it. Now, when we moved back from Iowa, our son, Finn, had a dream in the fall. Now, at the time, I gotta do some math, he was 12, his sister Sully, who's here with us, is seven. And Sully was a big fan of the American Girl dolls. You know what I'm talking about, American Girl dolls? Okay, at the time, American Girl dolls were about 120 bucks. I mean, they're not like a cheap present. And Sully had one, and she adored her American Girl doll. And the doll of the year, American Girl Doll knows what they're doing. There's a doll of the year to get people really excited about. That year, the girl was sage, and Sully desperately wanted sage for Christmas. What do you want for Christmas? I want sage. Megan and I had sat her down and had the very real parent talk of, that's not going to happen. Ask for something else. We are a one American Girl Doll family. (laughs) Finn got hold of this. Finn started dreaming, you've met Finn, you have maybe been sold something that you did not want at the Family Fest table because he's a salesman and he said to us in October, I really want to get Sully sage for Christmas. We're like, Finn, no. We are a one American Girl doll family. I really want to get her sage for Christmas. Finn, it's $120 and you don't have $120. I don't know if you've ever had a persistent kid. (laughs) Finn is one of those persistent kids. He kept at us for a week. Finn, you really need to drop this. It's not gonna happen. I don't know if it was a weak moment. I don't know what happened. He came to us one day after dinner and he said, guys, if I can raise the money myself, can I get Sage for Sully? We're like, Finn, it's $120. We don't think that's going to happen. But if you can raise it yourself, we will talk about it. Well, Finn was blessed with a very wintry and blustery November. And he was bold and fearless and went up and down our block, knocking on doors, really trying to raise money to buy my sister an American Girl doll for Christmas, wondering if I can shovel your walk. Well... The ladies in our neighborhood, I mean, puddle time. Just, oh my gosh, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Here, boy, 20 bucks for a sidewalk. Like, that is good money. Finn took about a week and he had 120 bucks. We were out of options. We're like, Finn, yes, you can get her sage for Christmas. The reason I'm telling you this story is, At the age of 12, December 24th, Christmas Eve, we are openers on Christmas Day, not Christmas Eve. I don't wanna get into the debate. I don't. Um, That's when you do it. I don't wanna talk about it. Just, no. Um, Our kids, they open one present on Christmas Eve, it's usually PJ pants. I don't wanna talk about it. The rest of them are on the 25th, okay. So, the 24th, that night, you know how your kid's like, I can't get to sleep, I can't wait, I can't wait. Best thing ever. Finn could not get to sleep. He could have cared less what was under the tree for him that year. Like, Finn, you got to get to bed. He's like, I can't wait to give it to her. He was so excited. Finn absolutely captured the spirit of Christmas that year. He got it. Okay. We have this on video, and if I was a better speaker, I would have had it up here for you to see because we videoed Sully opening Sage. Now, please remember, we had told her it's not going to happen. Finn, the American Girl Doll doll package is very telling. Okay, I mean, you know what it is. It's a very lovely rectangular doll box. Finn was like, that's not the box she's opening. He had it very big and square. He did a different thing to totally spoof her. She had no idea what she was opening. She opened it up. She's 7 years old and she sees it and she screams louder than the neighbors can hear. I won't do anything. You got me, Sage. And she goes running into his arms and they embrace. It was like top five parenting moments maybe of our life we don't have grandkids yet. I mean, I'm sure something else is coming. But for right now, like super big top five. God will give us a dream when we're 12 years old and God will give us a dream that convinces parents that they're wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we don't have it all figured out. God is that audacious and at one point, Finn said to us in the negotiating, "Why are you trying to take this from me? <laughs> Why? Like, I, I just want to do this for her. Why won't you let me?" And it was, and we really like looked at you know like when you have the meeting after the meeting, like when you're talking to the kids, and you're like, "Crap, he's kind of making some sense." <laughs> Jeez, what do we do now? Like, it, that's got to work. It just is. God weaves dreams through all of us. Here's another way that I really, really think that God meets us in our dreams. I don't have a, and this is going to be hard for me to talk about, but I don't have a significant parent death in my life yet. But I've talked to enough people that I really believe this is true. To really believe our loved ones can meet us in our dreams. Or our loved ones are absolutely everywhere. Um, when I was at my last call, St. Andrews, I had the unbelievable privilege over five years about doing 200 funerals. I was the main funeral pastor. And probably around Christmas, I wrote this line in a funeral. And I've said it every funeral since because I think it's just so true and I think it's one of those dreams that God gave me. I've talked about the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit is the part of God that we feel. The Holy Spirit is the part of God that we feel. I believe our loved ones who have died, who have gone to heaven, have joined together with the Holy Spirit. Since the Holy Spirit is the part of God that we feel, I believe that we feel them everywhere, I believe that they have actually become closer to us than our own heartbeat. And so I think it's another way that God will visit us in our dreams and let our people know that everything, and I do mean everything, is okay, is going to be okay. There's another dream that happens that God gives us And we don't even know what to do with it. And we don't always know what it means. And we certainly don't know what it's going to become. But sometimes God just says, do it. Do it anyway. You're like, that's nuts. What? Sully has this gift. Sully has an innate ability. She will somehow know, especially when she was younger, I would introduce her to usually an older woman at church. And... Sully had this way of knowing that that woman had recently lost her husband to death. And as an eight-year-old, 10-year-old, whatever, she just somehow innately knew that that woman would need a hug. I wouldn't tell her you should hug this person. She would just do it. And more times than not, I've had a woman say to me, like, how did she know I needed that today? I'm like, the Lord knew. That's just all there's to it. Um, Here's, here's another dream that happened. My mom went through a period for about two years. She would have a dream on Saturday night. I'm serious. On Saturday night, that a woman in their congregation was pregnant. And it happened so many times that she was just like, okay, Barb's going to come up to me on Sunday morning and tell me. And it would happen. She was like, she's like, I'm pregnant. And my mom, like in the back of her head, go, I know. God told me. It was really, really freaky. But... I think God prepares us and tells us these things. Sometimes we don't know what the dream is. Joe, could we have the picture up? I call these people the fabulous, fearsome 14. When they put together that first weekend 25 years ago, It is my best bet that they had no idea what was gonna happen. I've talked to many slash all of them. They did know that they wanted to create an awesome place to gather for families. If you ask Pete, if you ask Lynn, if you ask Barb, if you ask Paul, on and on and on, if you ask them, I would bet in their wildest dreams They could not have imagined what was going to happen. That's how God works. He gives us a dream, he gives us a seed, and he just says, do it. And you know what? This fabulous, fearsome 14 did it. They obeyed God, and now Family Fest is this. Now, they would be the first ones to say Family Fest is not them. It's not about them. It is God working in them to do a mighty work. I want you to think for just a minute what that dream has done. I want you to think about how many marriages have been saved by this ministry. Think for a minute how many marriages have been saved by this ministry. I know there are marriages that have flourished and become better because of this ministry. I'm going to say one step bolder. It is my deep abiding conviction that these weekends, this summer splash, has actually saved someone's life. The number of people that have come through these doors, it is my bet that there has been someone who has come through these doors who was ready to be done, ready to end it all, and they met God at this place and their life is different. In just a moment, if Anyone and now would be a good time if we could grab anyone from the work crew who's in the Fabulous 14, get them in here, because in just a minute, I'm gonna have anyone who is here from the Fabulous and Fearsome 14 stand up. If you are in the room, or if you're on the live stream, I know there are some of the Fabulous 14 on the live stream. I don't know why I'm talking louder, because I think they can hear me just fine. (laughs) It just seems like you're far away, and we love you. Um, If you're in the room, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up if you are part of the fabulous and fearsome 14. Do it! Yup! The Morans are here, so I, I did not tell you to sit down. I did not tell you to sit down. I, I think that you did a great job with this dream, but you're not taking direction very well. We're not done. And I know, I know Pete, I know Lynn, I know the Lankers want to sit down because they're kind of making the point this really isn't about them. I don't care. I don't care because I think it's that important. It is what God does with dreams. And so this weekend... Tomorrow, tonight, the next day, simply say thank you. And if they just go like, you don't have to thank me, don't let them off the hook. Because they are simply being obedient to the word of God. We want to say thank you. We want to say thank you. Now you may be seated. <clears throat> um, I really did pick that song because we are all in this together. And there is much work to do. We still have a few more talks where we're going to talk about what needs to be done and the power source that we have to get it done. But I'm telling you, it is fun to dream about this. And whatever dream they had is an engine that is just rocking and rolling. There are people here as adults who grew up in this ministry. And there is someone in our midst who probably is going to take this over someday. Because the way that a certain man named Marty was up here struggling, that's going to be true someday. <laughs> and, and we just need to prepare ourselves, you know. But like it can't be forever forever. There, there are seeds being planted and you can see that this thing has legs. This thing has more and more dream. There are more and more people who need to find out about the power and the love of Jesus Christ. And so we keep inviting people. We are here because we were invited by Barb, period. <laughs> we were invited more than once by Barb. Barb. It is my best bet that every single person here was invited by someone. We keep doing that because we want to keep growing this. Not because we need it to be huge, but because there are people who need this. There are people who need to know more and more about the healing power of Christ's love. And the genie ain't going back in the bottle. The train has left the station. Family Fest is alive and well for generations. You can see it in that ring of KC's, arms around each other, singing Reckless Love. Do you know that there is almost no place they can go and do that in this world? Do you know how special this place is? Do you know how holy the ground is that we are sitting on? Do you have any idea? And so... Keep going, keep inviting, keep listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, keep dreaming together because there is nothing, nothing, nothing that God cannot accomplish, nothing. Ephesians 3.20 tells us, now to him who is able to do abundantly, exceedingly far more than we can ever imagine, it is my best bet that that 14 could not have imagined this room in 1997 if i'm wrong throw a tennis ball at me it is my bet you could not imagine it that's god that's the power of god hallelujah let's pray and then we're gonna take a quick break and go right to small groups you guys did great with the questions um at least my group did i shouldn't say you did great with the questions my group did great with the questions but you know anyway, let's pray Holy and gracious God, you are a big, audacious, reckless love God. Your love knows no ends. It knows no bounds. It's inclusionary, not exclusionary. It grows and grows like a mustard seed. It grows and grows like yeast. Oh Lord God, it is the sweetest wine at a wedding we've ever tasted. It is a huge, huge load of fish that comes out when we've been coming off empty all night long. You come to us in our dreams, Lord Jesus. Oh, that we would listen to you. Oh, that we would be like that fearless, fabulous 14 and not just listen to you, but obey you and say, yes, I will, even though I might feel pretty nuts. Lord God, you tell us to do it, and so you promise us that you are with us always. It does not tell us 365 times to not be afraid in the Bible because there's nothing to be afraid of. It tells us 365 times because you promise to always be with us no matter what. And for that, we give you great thanks and praise tonight and always. And all God's children together said, Amen.